0: Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fearcast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety disorders. Thank you all so much for joining me for this podcast. Um, as, as you all know, this is a question and answer based podcast where you can send me questions about OCD, anxiety, uh, generalized anxiety, social anxiety, phobias and uh, galore. Um, and I'll be more than happy to talk about those and answer your questions, uh, as best I possibly can. Um, and, uh, so you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and send me a question by clicking on the submit a question link, but the best way, the best way best way is to send me an audio question and guess what? Today's another audio question It's fantastic. I love these um, for number of reasons. but um, I, uh, this one was sent over via uh, Instagram. so I am uh, Fearcast podcast at Instagram. Send me a direct message over there. Uh, you can record your message by clicking on the little microphone button in the text box. Uh, record it there. It will send directly to me. I can extract the audio via the magic of technology. And um, and then you can send me whatever uh, message you'd like, the name you would like to use, etc. Um, or inappropriately said, etc. Feels gross to say it. Anyways. I'm gonna lean into that. So the uh, the other way you can do it, um, and I have another question coming up soon that will that was sent over directly uh, to questions at fearcastpodcast.com. You can send a shared Google Drive, record it how record your audio however you want, upload it to Google Drive, send me the link. All that stuff. So uh, one is g- another question is going to come up uh, hopefully next week that uh, is that so anyways, so uh, as, as I've mentioned before, everybody, I, I, I read all the questions, I get all of them in and I am I, 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 taking audio questions and they get sent right to the top of the list, um, as is what's happening here today with Ryan's question. So, um, I, I don't have a whole lot to say at the top of this. I I'm in a weird headspace today. Um, it, we, we, um, in the the continued saga of trying to turn the hovel that we bought into a functional home, we're having the entire like, um, electrical panel exchange, uh, tur- uh turned in, uh, uh, upgraded and turned into something that's not a death trap. And, um, so for, for so they we have no electricity in the entire house like zero percent like they cut our house off from like the grid I suppose is what they call it so we had to like get rid of a, like half the food in the fridges were going to go bad right we can only stuff so much in a cooler um, so I brought like we had leftover pizza from this weekend and um, you know in like a bag or something like that and uh, well we needed to get rid of it so I ate it I ate almost a whole pizza. Uh, like about an hour ago. So I'm in a weird headspace because I am 90% pizza. And you know that state where you're like, I've eaten way too much food, plus it's not healthy food, plus it really wasn't that great a pizza anyways – um, but I do have to get on a microphone and um, be a podcaster slash therapist. So that's where we're at, everybody. Um, and I feel a little bit more congested today. It's a whole thing happening. So buckle up, everybody. It's going to be super weird, but I appreciate everybody uh, who is hanging out for it. So if you haven't already done it, and you are, and you have nothing better to do this summer, IOCDF is going to be doing their national conference in San Francisco, I'm, I'm putting together a couple of talks, or I'm, I'm I'm putting one together and I'm a part of a couple others, but I'm going to be up there with a few people doing presentations. It's going to be a fantastic event. IOCDF conferences are, are wonderful. They're not just for therapists. Uh, if anything, I think they're more geared towards consumers, people who are interested in learning more about OCD and anxiety disorders and how to uh, work with them. And I say anxiety disorders because they're also chats talks that are related to body dysmorphic disorder uh, related to hair pulling and skin picking so it's it's pretty it's it's pretty wide um, in that you know it's kind of within the the realm of obsessive-compulsive style disorders so but check it out it's gonna be fantastic um, well I, this is going to be a bit of a longer question everybody so buckle up but I, I it's it's a pretty well put together question, I suppose. Uh, it's, it, but it's relatively long, but it's all about ROCD. I know I've been getting a lot of ROCD questions. If you have non-ROCD questions, everybody I would love to hear those too. If you have ROCD questions, I would love to hear those as well, but um, to kind of mix things up. So uh, without further ado, everybody, here is Ryan's question.
1: Hi, Kevin. My name is Ryan and I love your work. I love your gentle demeanor and how you concisely answer questions. And so I felt like you were a safe person to ask this question. So my question is in regards to, can you perhaps elaborate on the differences between partner-focused ROCD and just what it would look like to just naturally desire and naturally be attracted to a specific person? And then, you know, from there, um, Forcing yourself essentially to like somebody who you don't really like. So the reason for my question is because as of November of 2022, I have come to the revelation that I do have scrupulosity and I understand that scrupulosity is OCD at the end of the day and ocd attacks whatever you value and i understand that ocd can therefore affect different areas of your life and i'm now interested if i might have rocd the reason that i'm asking is because as a christian brother um, i often go to my pastors for wise counsel and for advice about different questions and because of them and i've i've really learned that uh, you know I didn't understand the grace of God or I took myself really seriously or that I need to relax. And then when I would talk to them about di- different relationships, they would start to recognize like, wow, you're like really getting stuck on like superficial things. For example, caring about a girl having straight hair versus curly hair or um, different things like that. And um, so essentially I ended up pursuing and dating somebody uh, that I really did care about, but I ended up breaking off the relationship because I just couldn't get over the fact that this person had curly hair and didn't have straight hair. So the reason that I'm now considering that I might have ROCD is because I still think about this person a lot. And I because of I've, I've gained so much ground in learning about scrupulosity, it kind of has become like this new passion of mine to talk about because of just, you know, the torment that it was. And now that I'm learning about it and I see that this person that I was talking to, you know, has such a gentle, calm demeanor and I really consider them like a really good partner, but I'm like, I'm afraid to re-engage and pursue the relationship again, because I just don't know how to get over the fact that I just want a woman with straight hair when she has curly hair. And so the other reason why I'm really been going back and forth on these things as well, is because someone in my church gave me a prophetic word. I'm not sure if you believe in those things. So essentially back in July of 2022, someone gave me a word explaining, to my understanding, OCD pretty much to the T. So about how um, how I view my religion with God, how it can be very and dry, it is what it is, very black and white thinking, and how it can almost be the way they described it was pharisaical. Um, and also how when it comes to the way I view marriage, that I guess what they interpreted is like God sees me as being very picky when it comes to what a woman looks like, thinks, or acts. And so to me, that really does sound like ROCD because you can get fixated on your partner. And so I am mean, just curious... Um, You know, what is the difference between ROCD in terms of physical attraction and getting caught up on that versus just naturally wanting and desiring a certain thing? And I guess what it looks like to work through those issues. Something else that I will note is that I have been working with a pastor who's been a counselor for 30 years who... Um, he's the one that helped me to understand that I do I was struggling with religiosity or scrupulosity or religious OCD, and he also knows about this relationship. And he's constantly told me that I am getting I'm putting too much value on what someone looks like, yeah. um, which I would. I, Back in the day, I would like really argue with him and be like, no, like I just like what I like and I can't change that. But because I'm dealing with all these things and you know understanding more about scrupulosity and how it affects your life, I'm like really questioning like maybe I do have ROCD because at the end of the day, like I would be happy with this person. It's just the fact of like, I was just really, f- the, the anxiety that would come from thinking like, can I really live with someone who doesn't have straight hair is just like tormenting. So I guess to wrap up my question, essentially like if I'm a hundred percent honest, I don't really want to believe that I have ROCD and that I can get what I want. But after listening to my pastors getting a bunch of feedback from my church and just people who are close to me and them telling me like that I can be a perfectionist. And I see those things in myself. And after receiving that word that if I don't change these things, I could end up trapped. Those are the things that's really forcing me to really see like maybe this is what's going on and this is like the quote unquote diagnosis. But at the end of the day, I would rather have what I want, but I'm humble enough to realize like I could be wrong. And therefore, that's why I want to ask these questions so that I can get a better understanding. Because if it is ROCD, I just want to know, like, you know, how to work through these things. And um, yeah, that's essentially my question. And I appreciate your work. And thank you for taking this time to answer this question. Thank you.
0: All right, Ryan, thank you for all of that information. Thank you for so much for the question. Um, it's that you, you ask really, really good questions and you're you're kind of in a in a space that I think a lot of people are concerned about. There's we all want to have what we want. We all want to get what we want in life. Um not just in our job or the things that we have, but in the people that we have or the partner that we have. We have this idea of who it is that this person is. And I think that I I could be speaking out of turn here, but I think that everybody kind of has the, the, we grow up and we have this idea of the type of person that we're, we're attracted to and the type of person that we'd like to be with for the rest of our lives or for a long period of time or a short period of time. I don't know, but the person that we want to be with. And Sometimes we find that, and sometimes we don't. I sometimes wonder how much um, uh, like dating apps have influenced the idea that we can get exactly what we want in a partner. The idea that we can go through a checklist and say, like, I want these parameters and these people, find me the people who are these people. And that we ought to be able to get that person because we just cast the net and we have the filters and uh, uh, there's the person, right? Um, I say this to someone who, you know, I I shamefully did um, uh, d- uh, online dating. And I say shamefully because when I did it, the one two, one or two times, this was this was back in the day when it wasn't the norm. And there was like this little like stigma around online dating. This was a long time ago, but um, like right after I got out of the game, um, it started to become a lot more mainstream to the point where that's just the default, right? Like if you meet someone in person now, it's, it's weird, like you did something wrong somehow. Anyways, so um, say, say, says the person who has not dated in a, in a very long time, primarily since I started dating my wife. Anyways, this is a weird tangent. All right, Ryan, I, I, I do love your question. So partner focused partner focused ROCD. You also talk about scrupulosity. I think it's important here again at the very top of this to emphasize partner focused ROCD at the end of the day is no different than scrupulosity, OCD, religious scrupulosity, because it's, it's all OCD. It is all unwanted intrusive thoughts that cause anxiety that is then hopefully managed or <clears throat> dealt with by doing uh, unhelpful compulsive behaviors that sometimes bring reassurance and then unfortunately reinforce the cycle. That's everything that we're talking about. Now, we're going to talk specifically more about your dating concerns. But remember, this is OCD. And you said that you have a pattern of OCD. It's old news. So, one thing that's important to remember and important to keep note of in this is to really start to remember that you have a pattern of getting uh, of getting caught up in some specific obsession, I got distracted here. The electrician is literally calling me right now. I'm going to let it go to voice message, so we're going to see how this goes. So um, you have this pattern. All right, start noticing what the red flags are, the ways that it tends to pull you in. Is there a feeling that you get? Is there a, is there a way that it makes you doubt yourself? That you can say, "Man, I kind of know what this is. What this is like." Um, I was talking to a client earlier today about like kind of learning that game, learning the way that it tries to suck you in. Um, I gave this example is, um, you know, a while ago, like my daughter would came up to me and said, Hey dad, do you want some candy? And she had like a piece of candy in her hand. She said, dad, do you want this? And I went, no, I'm okay. Like, and then she went, can I have it? I went, sure. Why not? You could have it. And then she got that in her head. She's like, Oh, that's what I do. So now like later on, she came up to me and said, Hey dad, do you want some candy? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And she says, "Can I have it?" I'm like, "No, you cannot." I know this game. I know what you're about. She found this sneaky um, loophole in in a way to try to get uh, candy. And um, you know, there are much better ways to do it. I guess tricking her dad is a good way to, is a way to do it. But I didn't love it. But I learned her trick. We need to be learning our tricks. The way that anxiety pulls us in. So. Back to this, uh, Ryan. <clears throat> Partner-focused ROCD. For those who are not familiar with it, it is relationship OCD. So it is OCD that generally revolves around the theme of one's relationship, and in this it generally revolves around some around that person's partner. So. Sometimes when we talk about ROCD, or you read about it, you're going to hear people talk about it as if, as my feelings. Do I love this person? Do I love them enough? Um, am I, uh, it, will, we, will we get along forever, etc.? Would, uh, would I be a better fit with that one person? Should I wait it out and look for someone who's going to match me better? Right, partner-focused ROCD is kind of the nitpicky thing that Ryan is talking about here, where it's really focused on this the the partner and what they look like, who they are, their character, what they're about, um, whether or not you two have a similar interest, whether or not you match up. Right, so it, it I call it nitpicky because that's kind of what it looks like, and that's probably what we called it way back in the day. Right, so it looks like you're excessively concerned about one particular or about smaller particular things but remember ocd doesn't care it's going to take this this thing that is whatever it can be good or bad but it takes this thing and makes it an ultimate thing you talked about it as like how you, you phrased it in an interesting way. Like, how do I like, can you talk about partner focused ROCD versus natural attraction to a specific type of person? And you said versus forcing yourself to like someone you don't like. Now I think that this last line, this last versus that you threw out there, I think that's your OCD peeking through. I think that's part of that narrative is is all right. I have I I, there. There's partner-focused ROCD versus having an attraction to a specific type of person. Now, two of these things can happen at the same time, and inevitably they do. Now, I'll I'll say I don't think I I think on very rare occasions do we find someone where that partner is checks all the boxes, every single thing that that person could be into that person has. I think that's few and far between. The vast majority of people are going to find people who they match up with a lot and they like a lot of that person. But man, there are just a couple of things that bug the crap out of them. And that's what we call normal relationships. Um, And it may not be romantic to say that, but it's also one of those realities. And we can't then, lines like, we love our partner's because of their faults, or we love them, um, we, we, we learn to love their shortcomings or something like that. I think those are silly. The shortcomings are shortcomings, the, the, the faults are faults. The things that are annoying about your partner are annoying about your partner, period. And it's dece- I think it's deceiving ourselves to pretend as if we don't find those things annoying, but we find ways to have the, the relationship, the marriage, the whatever, despite them. And a a heavier emphasis on the things that you do match up on, the things that you do enjoy with that person. And you take that stuff that you don't like, and you acknowledge it, and you place it on a shelf, and you find a way to live with it. And we do this in almost every other area of our life. If you live in Southern California like I do, no one around here goes, you know what's great, everybody? Traffic. You know what's awesome? Taxes. Awesome, right? Up top, high five, high five, high five. No one loves them, but they, but it's part of life. Think about the place that you live. You don't love everything about it, but you find a way to live with it and despite it. By doing what? We deal with the things that suck while we are on the way to do the things that we enjoy, right? So, it's a similar sort of thing, this pattern that we're already doing, right? Now, I, I know I'm kind of talking more in generalities and more in... Um, I, I just kind of ways to view this, but it's part of what that's part of what it means to be in, in, in a relationship. Now, Brian, I also want to point out, you said you want to date this person, but th- the fact that they have curly hair when you're typically attracted to someone with straight hair is sounds, sounds preposterous. You said, um, can I really live with someone who doesn't have straight hair? Right now, again, I think that is your, that is your anxiety poking through. With, with all, with all of the, uh, uh f- what am I trying to say? I'm trying to do two thoughts at the same time. appear well, I'll say this, I- Im- impor- appearance is important. It is, but it's not everything. Okay. I used to have this line, um, I-, I, I've, I've said this before. It's looks fade, but dumb is forever. What that essentially means is that, you know, we, we, yes we're attracted to somebody and that's that's oftentimes what's going to grab our attention first let's be honest you see someone from across a room you don't see their character you see what they look like right you don't see their values you don't see that the the way they are around you know kids and old people right you see are you know do they look good in that shirt i don't know but it's th- that's what we see appearance is an important part but it is not everything ocd takes this thing and says that this good thing is now Everything and, every, and and happiness, joy, contentment, peace, excitement, fulfillment is found within this. And for you, it is straight hair. That's everything, according to OCD. Now, but let's be honest. you, you also said, "I also just like it. Two things are true here. You like straight hair. You do. And OCD has grabbed on to this and said, if you don't get this, you're, you're ruined. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be fulfilled. You, you're missing out. What is it that it says to you, Ryan? What's it saying to you? If you aren't with someone who has straight hair, so what? I say that in, in the way for you to think about it. So what? What does it mean for you? Because it, it, it's important to think about what that story is, to start pulling it apart. What is, does it say that it means you're never going to be happy? Because if that were true, of course that would be awful. Of course that would be terrifying. But, you, but let's step back from it. Where's the proof that that's what's going to happen? Where's the evidence to say you're never going to be attracted to someone who has curly hair? What's the evidence to say that you are going to be unhappy Forever. What's the evidence to say that that everything else about this person won't overshadow this, and that you're going to be, be, you know, I say completely happy. You're going to be happy with this person. OCD takes potential things and elevates them to probable things. We buy into that out-of-context trigger, that out-of-context possibility, and it uses that as evidence against you and and for pulling you into this fantasy land where anything is, excuse me, where anything is possible. So, what needs to happen here then is to acknowledge that anxiety is pulling you into the possibility and pulling you into predicting the future. It's the crystal ball reading cognitive distortion that says, I know what the future is going to be. And if I'm with this curly haired gargoyle, that I'm just never going to be happy ever, I mean, how how do you know? And I also would point out, one of the things you said in your call is that, you know what? You would date this person again. And I'm willing to bet, like, all right, I bet you've done this. This is um, one of those compulsions as well. It's you. You sit back there and you go. All right, you take this person, all, all that she, all that she was, everything that she is, her character, her des- her desires for God, her, her her personality, the rest of her appearance, and you put a magic wig on her, and that wig is real hair, and it, it's it's it, it, it's straight. And you go, oh, oh, I'm fulfilled and happy forever, right? this is what oftentimes people do is they twist these things about reality or twist things about uh, the past or twist things in, in our mind. And then we gauge to see how it is that we feel about that person, about the situation, and then subsequently about our future, right? So we, we don't, the problem is it, it is a compulsion because in no way does that process change anything. You're still then, you still see this person who has curly hair. So, Ryan, I think one of the important things to, well, you you said one of your questions here was, how do you work through these issues? What can I do? Well, I've kind of acknowledged already that, number one, we need to acknowledge that you have a pattern of OCD. You have a pattern of getting stuck and caught in this pattern of thinking that leads you to ruminating and looking for Perfect. When perfect is the lie. OCD's lie is to say the solution, the resolution to your problem, the way out of the cycle is by finding that person who has the magic straight hair, who's finding this person who has all the things, Across the board, for any person who's listening to this, the solution out of OCD cycle is not by a resolution of the content of the obsession. It is by living through the discomfort and living past it. Resolving it to say, you know what? I'm going to get everything that I can, and I'm finally going to be happy once I find that person who checks all my boxes. If you do that, Ryan, I'm willing to bet that you're going to be trying to date until you're dead. Whenever that's going to be, you may not. You probably won't find that person. And I hate to be a naysayer in this. Um, gosh, I realize um, in saying that it sounds so harsh. And you said um, you said in your message that um, I say things in such a nice way. Um, I failed you, Ryan. I apologize. I'm failing you right now. Um, <laughs> I think that's goofy. Um, all right. So either way. All right. Likelihood is if you break up with her, you did break up with her. You stay broken up with her, and you just keep looking for that person. I mean, I hope you find that person, but I also don't think it's going to solve these problems. It'll focus on something else. Because remember, looks fade, but dumb is forever. That beautiful blank that this person has is eventually going to become gray or wrinkled or saggy or not what you think think it is today. It's going to be different. But... Someone, and the, the judgy part is the dumb part, right? Looks fade, but dumb is forever, right? It Let's say looks fade, but um, someone who doesn't match up with your values, their values are may not change very much. Their, their political affiliation may not change very much. Their views on, you know, marginalized individuals or the homeless or, um, you know, ethnic groups uh, or racial groups, that might not change. You get what I'm saying, right? It's things like that may not change, but their looks will. And if you're heavily emphasizing this, the looks, you might get disappointed if you're saying, they got to look this way and I'll sacrifice over in this other area, right? Now, Ryan, this is entirely your choice and I'm not telling you who to be with or who to not be with, but we recognize that there are going to be sacrifices made in some of these decisions, especially when we know OCD is going to grab onto it and take something that is good, which is attraction and making it an ultimate thing to say that that's the only thing that is important. Okay. So one of the things you can do is to then start to consider what this means for you, what you fear it means, what's that narrative that's telling you about the rest of your life. And to see if does it does it hold water? Do you, are you able to predict that? And to think about why is it that that is so important to you? We need to be open to the possibility of our biggest fear to come true in order to over overcome anxiety, in order to get through it. To be po- to be open to the possibility that you know it. Maybe you are with the wrong person. Maybe you aren't going to be happy for e- ever again. Even though it sounds like it sounds like you are kind of happy with this person or you were happy with this person had it not been for this one thing, right? So you obviously know that I'm a huge fan of exposure and response prevention. Scripting can be really helpful for this. So scripting again is going to be writing a story out about your worst fear actually taking place. Now what this is going to do is it's going to trigger that anxiety and that's kind of the purpose. It's writing a story in first person in present tense about, the thing that you're afraid of happening so you say you know I start getting back into a relationship with Jane she's wonderful and she's beautiful and she's such a kind person and we mesh on so many other things but i just can't i can't uh, get over her curly hair and all i see is her curly hair and uh, we 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 get married and all i'm doing is focusing on her hair and realizing that that's all i see in her now as you can see the story goes on and on and it makes it really focused on her hair. And that's kind of the point is by focusing on the pot, this possibility that maybe you're ultimately going to just be unhappy forever. And you're going to read that story over and, over and over and over and over and over again until that story becomes less anxiety provoking, less triggering to you. Because it is a story. We don't know if it's a fact because you haven't lived the rest of your life. You don't know what's going to happen but anxiety seems to suggest that it does know. So another thing that you can do with this is uh, and, and this is something that um, I, I've, I've certainly read about, it, I've had some folks do is you can take pictures of, of this person and I'm just picking on this one person it can be you know anything take pictures of this person where it shows their curly hair and you post pictures up every everywhere you see their hair all the time but you also see them for, for what they are outside of that and they are their hair, they are their nose and eyes and ears and chin and all the other stuff that they are too but you see their hair and you don't pretend like it's not there. Additionally, I would also challenge you to perhaps do a, an attention training practice. I'm wondering if, you know, when you see this person and you hyper-focus on their curly hair, are you focused just on their curly hair and not other aspects of their face, body, etc.? I wonder if you could practice attention training from looking at their hair to shifting to their eyes and back to their hair and then to their knees, I don't know, and then shifting to different parts of their body to know, and and, you know, particularly around the face is, you know, they, they, are, they are more than just their hair. They're all these other things. So it's practicing not getting hyper-focused on just one characteristic of them, but instead being open to other characteristics that they do in fact have. With folks who experience ROCD, I also am curious about where they're placing their energy, their, their mental energy. Are they hyper focusing on the person's looks, on their future of the relationship, on remember those that mental compulsion about kind of twisting their looks in their head to see how they'd feel if X, Y, and Z were different, right? Where are they placing their energy? Are they placing it on these th- the these things that are have nothing to do with this person that that essentially pull them out of reality? Pull them into that anxiety fantasy, right? Um, uh, the uh, ICBT people will, will know that as the OCD bubble, right? Pulls them out of reality and into uh, and, and into this this place that is you know fictitious and awful and frightening and and um, you know unhappy. Or are they? Or are they staying in the present, and they're accepting? Yeah, this person does have curly hair, and. We can have a conversation. We can go, I don't know, play mini golf. We can be, you can be present with this person and with this person who isn't perfect, but is pretty stinking good and stay present. And when your brain fo- it notices that there's something that's imperfect, acknowledging the imperfection while then redirecting back to other areas that uh, other areas that make this person a whole person, not just their hair. Remember, anxiety and OCD is going to pull you out of that moment. And take you way into the future, way into fantasy land, about uh, outside of what is really happening. And instead saying, you need to fix the potential future. What if you're in this, you know, bizarro future land where you're just completely not happy in 30 years from now and you just hate everything and they've got this curly hair? And what about the woman that you should have been with, with the beautiful straight hair? She's out there somewhere. right? But in that, you're not present right? Um, I love that line. Uh, you, we've heard of uh, the grass is always greener, right? Uh, the grass is always greener on the other side. It's the saying that, that says, um, you know, we always envy something that we don't have, right? You had this partner who's great, except for her hair, right? But you envy oh, that perfect person with the straight hair over there. We, have, um, we envy that person. Well, or we envy a relationship, or we envy someone else's obsessions, or we envy someone else's job or income, etc. It, but I like the follow-up of well, instead of envying their lawn, the grass is always greener. How do we water our own lawn? How do we care after this relationship? How do you care after this relationship to make it the best it can possibly be? With her curly hair, how could you how could you engage in the relationship in a positive, meaningful, and uh, uh, connection-based and uh, you know mutually beneficial relationship? And away from this argument with something that she isn't, or something that she, quote, should be, and this disappointment in what she isn't, or a disappointment in what she is, right? Notice one of them is seeing this person as an entire person that isn't perfect, but neither are you, And but, it, but it's reality-based, it's here. Everything that you're imagining, though, is outside, so when you get sucked into that place and you get you get pulled into the fantasy, how do you what do you do to anchor yourself back here? Do you anchor yourself back in the conversation? Do you focus instead on their on the, on their appearance, what they do have, right? or what else is happening right now rather than continuing to stay in this this disconnected kind of um, uh, oh, what word am I thinking of? Uh, oh, come on word. it's gone all right. Dissociative. There we go. I knew it was going to come back. Dissociative state. So, all right, Ryan. Um, I hope some of this has been helpful. I know it was kind of, kind of meandering a little bit. But I, oh, geez. Um, that's right. My phone is connected to my computer. Ugh. All right. So, Ryan. Again, I hope this is helpful for someone else out there who's struggling with the same sort of perfectionism, the same sort of um, uh, rigidity to a body part. A, I hope this has been helpful to kind of rethink this and to kind of shift that focus into acceptance and taking that risk that can we can we round up can we take this person who is a 0.85 or a 0.91 they're not perfect but can we round them up to 1 despite their imperfections and to take that risk maybe i'm maybe i'm not with that person that i should be with or could be with or deserve to be with perhaps but instead I'm with this person who's pretty good and how do I then make this the best relationship that I can, this best, all right, this best awful relationship, this best failed relationship, this best, the best possible of the worst reality relationship. You get what I'm saying. Invest in this relationship that you do have as best you can. So Ryan, again, I hope this was helpful. I'm going to slide that, um, music, and right here. So thank you all so much for joining me for this episode. Um, if you have questions, uh, you, again, you can go to fearcastpodcast.com. If you have anything to add about this, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and send me a message over there. You can also add that to the uh, episode page. Or you can send it to me over at Instagram. Again, I'm fearcastpodcast over at Instagram. So remember everybody that FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit of help in your recovery, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and click on the find help link and there's going to be some information for you there. So until next time, everybody take a risk, challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.